this thing like we left something. What's going on, y'all? And welcome back to I Got a Story to Tell. This is episode nine, N-I-N-E, nine. Y'all know how we do. Before we get to the story, I gotta give somebody their flowers and their love. And this week, I wanna give some love and their flowers to my guy, my brother, Julian, AKA Juice, my brother. Juice, I just wanna tell you, I love you, brother. I wanna tell you, thank you for always being you, always being supportive, always having a kind word. And I'm praying for you, brother, you and your beloved Cleveland Brown. Juice, I appreciate you all the way back to when you would call me on a Monday just so you can vent about your Cleveland Browns, man. We've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. And you're still going. Brother, I appreciate, I respect, and look up to you. I think your drive and determination is a beautiful thing. Your ability to always push forward no matter what the situation may have been, may be. You pull through, you come through on the other side. So Juice, I just wanna tell you, keep going, keep doing what you do, keep being the brother you are and I love you. And with that being said, people, I got a story to tell, let's go. This story takes place in 1993. I am 15 years old and I am a sophomore in high school. I am living with my mother in Pamelene Apartments in Mount Airy, right off of a street called Burnside. I'm trying to figure out life at this point. I say that because life is pretty shitty at this point. I am I'm in a weird place because my brother who I look up to has gone and left for college. My sister is living in Atlanta. My mother is having her bouts, you know, being sick in and out the hospital. Um, life is really shitty because, you know, our financial situation is, is messed up. Um, so there were a lot of days with no electricity. Um, food was scarce. So I'm trying to figure it all out. So I have a job at Kroger. I'm 15, I have a job as a bagger at Kroger. But that ain't bringing in no real money. I mean, but, you know, it is what it is. So I'm trying to make sense of a lot of shit. And I'm like, damn, how can I make life better? Is what I'm trying to think about, right? Now, if you're a 15-year-old kid from where I'm from in the Fair Apartments, your options are a couple things. Well, about three things. You have three options. School but ain't no money in that. Athlete, still gotta wait to get money in that. Or sell dope, that's instant money. So I'm trying to make sense of this, like, damn, do I, do I go that route? What do I do? All this shit. 
At the time, I'm going to an all-boys high school. And it's culture shock because at the time, it might have been like mm, six or seven black people in the whole school. So I'm really trying to figure this shit out too. But this particular weekend, I'm spending the night at my boy Duck's crib. I know y'all saying, who the fuck is Duck? I introduced you all to Duck on the episode entitled, He Beat Me Like I Stole Something. Duck was one of the friends I had in that story where we were stealing. Duck and I have been friends since, shit, I was six or seven years old. We grew up in the Fair Apartments together in the same court. My address was 3986. His was 3968. So he and I have been friends. He and I also go to the same school at the time. We're sophomores in high school. Our entire freshman year, Duck lived with me and my family. He lived with us. This is sophomore year and now he's moved back home with his family, with his mother, his sister, and his brother. They live in an apartment on the west side of Cincinnati called LaFuel Apartments. This particular Saturday, I'm over Duck's crib. It is late December, it's cold as shit outside. Duck and I are with our other boy B who's over there and we've been calling young ladies all day to see what the move is on this Saturday evening. Ain't nobody giving us no rhythm. Oh no, ain't nobody trying to fool with us on this Saturday evening. So after a while, Duck's mother, God rest her soul, came in there and was like, y'all boys wanna go to Blockbuster and rent a movie? My family didn't have Blockbuster, like a Blockbuster card. We had a card to Network Video. They used to be on Coleraine Avenue, then they moved it all the way to the top of Coleraine, across the street from Northgate Mall on Springdale. So anytime someone had a Blockbuster membership, I always liked going to Blockbuster. It was, it was an event. It was cool. The smell of Blockbuster, all the movies, all that shit, right? So we like... Mm, yes, man, we'll, we'll go to Blockbuster. She takes us to Blockbuster across from Western Hills Mall. And we rent the movie, the classic, Juice. We get Juice. We then leave Blockbuster and she takes us to rallies. For my listeners who aren't familiar with rallies, in your part of the country, it might be called Checkers. It's the same thing. We go to rallies and we get some big Bufords. Go back to the crib and we watch Juice. Us three get done watching Juice and we back in Duck Room chilling. We putting in the last few calls, our last ditch effort to hang out with some young ladies. Ain't nobody giving us no rhythm. Duck finally calls this young lady named Nisi, who lives in the apartment complex like kinda close to his called Aspen Village. It sits on the street. I think that street is called Queen City. So she's like, yeah, you can come over. Now, Nisi mother worked third shift. So she was home by herself in the evening. So Nisi's like, yeah, you can come over. Don't be having a whole lot of people. You can bring one other person. So Duck, of course, like, hey, I'm going to bring Mike with me. She like, all right, cool. So, our boy B didn't want to go no way because he like, man, 
I'm chilling. It's cold outside. I ain't even trying to do nothing. All right, cool. So he says, our boy B like, well, look, while y'all go over there, bring me something back from the store. We like, all right, he wanted some chips. So there was a store called Dairy Mart inside of the apartment complex where she lived. So we're like, all right, we'll go to the store, get his chips. Then we'll go over Nisi crib. And once we leave Nisi crib, we just go back to my crib. So it's cold outside from Doug's crib to Nisi crib. Maybe, maybe a mile, mile and a half, if that, right? So it's not far. So Doug goes in the living room. His mom is asleep. He's looking for her car keys. Now, none of us had a driver's license, but he would take his mother's car all the time. So he go, he look, she sleep. He's looking for the car keys. He cannot find these car keys. He come back in the room. He like, Mike, we're going to have to walk. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, all right, man. We get bundled up. We set out headed to Nisi Creek. We're walking down the street called La Fuel. Now you have to walk down the street called La Fuel, then get on Queen City and go to her apartment, Aspen Village. As we're walking down La Fuel, he and I start freestyling. For people who don't know who freestyling is when you rap and making up raps off the top of your head. Then that transitions into us rapping Players Ball by Outkast. At the time, that was my shit. So we're going back and forth arguing about who's going to be Dre, who's going to be Big Boy. We finally settle it. I'm Dre. He's Big Boy. Oh, we rapping. Uh, we getting it. That transitions into him doing his own solo performance of Tupac's Brenda Got a Baby, which was his favorite Tupac song. We walking, we rapping. We ha ha, he he in. We turn. Headed up the hill, about to go towards Aspen Village, where Nisi lived. Then the conversation turns to my financial situation at home. Duck and I are close. He knows what I'm going through at the time. I'm telling him like, hey, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. He says, well. I mean, shit, you can sell dope, you know, maybe sell weed or something. Or, you know, he's giving me all the options that, again, cats where we're from, this is what, this is their thought process. I'm like, yeah, I could. So I'm giving it some thought. Mid-conversation, he like, damn, we didn't even ask me what type of chips he want. I'm like, damn. So cell phones aren't out at this time, or at least we don't have one. So inside Aspen Village apartment, there's visit like a visitor's booth where you can use a phone and call people. Now, the way this visitor's booth is set up is set up like a bus stop. Y'all know how the bus stop. There's like the plexiglass little booth that's plexiglass on three sides. And the side that's open in the front is where the bus pulls up and you get on. It's like that. And on that back plexiglass side is a phone that you can use. So he's like. Oh, well, I can use the, the phone up here in the booth and I'll call B and ask him. I'm like, all right, bet. So we get up there to the booth. He calls B. He calls his his crib. 
And so he was like, well, either my mama answer or be an answer. I'm like, all right. Nobody answered. He's like, oh, shit. He calls again. Nobody answers. It's cold as shit outside. I'm like, hey, man. We just going to get him some grippos and, and shit. If he want him, he want him. If he don't, he don't. It's cold out here. Let's go. He like, let me call him one more time. I'm like, all right. He called. B answers. They're talking. He like, yeah, if they got these, give me these. But if they ain't got, you know, he going through the whole shit. Y'all know how cats be. I'm like, man, hurry up. Man, they get off the phone. I'm like, finally. We turn around and step out, about to go to the store. As we're turning around, a blue Plymouth laser pulls up. Y'all may remember what Plymouth lasers are. They the little, little coupe, little car. They were kind of in the same vein as like an Eagle Talon. You know, they're small cars, real little backseat. And so this blue Plymouth laser pulls up. Two people up front, one person hunched over in the little like tight backseat. They roll down the window and the driver says, hey, what's your name? Looking at Duck. Duck like, what? He's like, what's your name? I was like, fuck you need to know my name for? Are you the police or something? He was like, nigga, what's your name? Duck was like, man, get the fuck out of here. He look at me, say, hey, what's your name? I'm like, nigga, for what? He looks at the passenger, the person in the passenger seat, taps him on the arm. He say, yeah, that's them niggas. I'm like, huh? He say, yeah, that's them niggas. Person in the passenger seat pulls a gun out. And he has it resting on the outside of the door, but the barrel is pointing down at the, at the ground. And I'm like, oh shit. What the fuck? Shit just changed so fast. The passenger seat, guy in the passenger seat says, yeah, 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 that's you looking at Doug. Doug like, nigga, I don't know what you're talking about. The person in the driver's seat says, yeah, that's them niggas. Yeah, that's them. That's them. Shoot them niggas. And the dude in the passenger seat points the gun at me. And I'm like, oh shit. This shit just took a real bad turn. And I can't believe what's going on. And I'm like, shit. All I could think about was my brother and I'm like damn why is this going on what's what made this happen I'm just trying to make sense of it and Doug like hey y'all got the wrong people and the driver like man shoot them niggas and I'm like shit all I could think about was my brother when he pulled out that gun. When he pulled out that gun, my mind was fucked up. And my mind is racing at this point. It's racing. It's like, damn, what is it? What? 
And then the, the guy with the gun starts, you know, he would point at a duck, pointed at me, pointed at a duck, pointed at me. And he came back to me. And I was ready to concede that this is where I die. Like, this dude's going to shoot me right here. And I'm like, man, I ain't do shit to deserve this. And I remember looking at the dude in the back seat and he had his head leaned up between the driver and the passenger. And he like, yeah, 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 that's them, that's them. And I'm like, shit. When he pulled that gun out, all I can think about is my brother. Who gonna call him to school and tell him that I'm dead? Who gonna tell him? Who gonna tell my mama? And I remember looking at Duck real quick and he took a step back. And he looked at me and real quiet, just so I can hear him though, he said, on three we're gonna run. And I know this whole thing, you're like, damn, it's taking this long. This whole thing might have took 30, 45 seconds. And Doug said, one, two, three, boom, and we out. Duck turns left, I turn right. Duck runs across the street behind the car towards some apartments. I circle back behind the booth where we were to a parking lot and I'm just running. And I turn around and the car has circled the parking lot where I was and it's behind me. In front of me, I could see two apartment buildings, a very steep hill and some apartment buildings at the top of that hill. And in my mind, I'm thinking, all I gotta do is get to this hill. Because if I'm running on the street, they got a car, they can run me down, shoot me down, whatever. But I have a better chance if they can't drive you know, if they got to get out, I get to the bottom of the hill. There's a bunch of trees on the hill, but there's no leaves. So my vision isn't blocked by leaves and stuff like that because it's, it's late December. All this, the leaves are fall. I get to the hill. I'm, I'm running fast as I can. I hit the hill. I'm going up the hill. I turn around and look. They back up. They back up out of the spot they were in. They drive around. So I'm like, shit, they coming to the top of this hill. Um, <gasps> I'm so focused and locked in. I ain't getting tired. None of that shit. That cold wind down in my lungs ain't bothering me. I get to the top of the hill. Now, in front of me, there's these apartment buildings. Now, I know that some of these uh, windows at the bottom are for the laundry room. And I know some of them are open because one time Duck and I went to see this chick that lived in one. And she went downstairs into the laundry room, cracked the window, and she smoked weed and blew the weed out the window. So I'm like, this way everybody come smoke weed because they don't want to smoke weed in the apartment and had a landlord catch them or whatever, or the, the manager of the building, whatever. So I'm tugging on all these windows. I'm like, shit, this one ain't open. Shit, this one ain't open. I finally get one that's open. It slide open. I jump down in there. I'm sitting on top of a washing machine. I get down and kind of 
like kind of scooch my body in between the wall and the washing machine, slide the window almost closed, but not always closed because I need to be able to hear and see out the window. There's no light in the laundry room. The light is coming from the outside lights in the parking lot. I'm trying to control my breathing because I don't want to be breathing loud. They hear me or I don't want to be breathing loud and fog up the window and they see me. So I'm I'm taking three breaths and I'm stopping I'm, <sighs> I'm doing like that. So I'm standing there. I'm looking out the window with one eye. I'm cold. I'm cold. I'm tired. All this shit. And the car rolls by the first time. I'm like, fuck. So I'm quiet. It goes by. I'm, I see, I hear the tires on, like y'all know how y'all can hear tires on like gravel and, and, and like as they're rolling slow, I can hear them and I'm like, hey. and I hear the car stop. Then I hear the car go and it goes by one more time. I'm like, fuck. in my mind, I'm thinking, damn, all these niggas gone somewhere, man. Fuck. After about five minutes, no noise, no nothing. I hear I hear a gun go off. I'm like, oh shit. All I'm thinking is they didn't shot this nigga duck. That's all I'm thinking. They've shot duck. I'm too afraid to come out. Cause I'm like, if I come out there and they see me, it's on. So I'm like, fuck, I gotta stand here. I'm standing there. I'm just standing there. I stand there all night long. I don't move. I don't get tired. I don't get sleepy. Nothing. I'm locked in. I'm focused on the situation. I get done making up my mind. Like I'm about to leave in my mind. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get out this window. I'm gonna run back down the hill. I'm a hot tail it all the way to duck's crib. I come out. I look both ways. I don't see shit. I don't see nobody. I'm like, man, I got to get the Ducks crib. So I'm running. I'm sprinting. I finally get back to Ducks crib. And I'm banging, banging on the door hysterically. Hey, hey. Duck comes to the door. I'm like, oh, shit. Thank God. I'm like, dude, I heard a gunshot. He was like, yeah, they took a shot at me. I was running. I'm like, shit. I'm sitting there. I can't believe all this shit has even happened. I'm like, dude, we almost died over, you know, mistaken identity. These niggas, man, I'm, I'm going on and on. We go to Doug's room. I'm sitting on the, on the bed. I'm like, dude, can you believe that shit, man? These niggas tripping all this shit. And Doug looked at me and was like, man, I knew them niggas. I'm like, what? He like, yeah, I knew them niggas. I'm like, for real? He was like, yeah. So he told me who they were. He was like, dude in the driver's side, that was such and such. Dude, you know, on the passenger side, that was such and such. He was like, I ain't know the nigga in the back, though. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, damn, well, if you know, why the fuck, why they do us like that? Like wanted to kill us and shit. He said, yeah, me and stole some dope from him. I'm like, what? 
he was like, yeah, we call ourselves one to sell a little dope. He was like, try to get some money. He was like, and we took it from him. I'm like, huh? He said, had the idea to do it and that's what we did. So now I was pissed. I'm like, nigga, you got me caught up in some shit? You really got me caught up in some shit that you and did. And I'm finna lose my life. I was pissed. I went to the living room. I asked his mother, could she take me to the crib? And she did. She dropped me off at the crib. After that shit was always a little, little, little strange between Duck and I. We were cordial, of course. We was cool, you know, but shit was always a little different after that. That whole Sunday, I sat at the crib and was trying to make a decision. Is this the life I really want to fuck with? I made the decision. I was like, nah, nah, I'm good. I keep working at Kroger. I keep struggling, shit. Fuck it. So, Duck, I got to tell you, thank you for that. Thank you for that entire lesson. Thank you. And, Duck, I know right now shit is, is fucked up. I know your current situation and your current status are real fucked up. And inshallah, you get better. Even though, you know, we know you probably won't. I just want to say thank you, Duck. I appreciate that. I really do. I'm out, y'all.